Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast with your host and certified relationship coach, Cameron Thompson Alaricki. This is the podcast for all things real and raw on marriage, family, and building healthy relationships in this world. As a coach, I am on a mission to help couples recognize their full potential and reach far beyond that with tools, resources, and busting through their own limiting beliefs. Together, my clients and I are changing the statistic that half of marriages end in divorce by creating clearer communication, stronger, healthier habits, more passion and intimacy, and balance in the marriage, whatever that looks like for you. I'm a pilot wife, and together we have a baby and an 11-year-old from my previous marriage, so you can also find tips on blending a family successfully in this podcast. In my spare time, you can find me reading, painting, and traveling this gorgeous, incredible world. This month, we're starting a mini-series on spouses that hold it all together. It's a different perspective on marriages, as not every marriage has a spouse that comes home every night. There are many situations where holidays, anniversaries, and birthdays are spent apart, and there's one spouse that works constantly, is away from the home, missing the day-to-day, missing the fun, missing the love, and sacrificing for the family, and meanwhile, the other spouse is sacrificing by taking on all the roles, most of the day-to-day, never having help or a break, missing their other half, and missing the ability to tag a partner on a really tough day. How do they make it work? How do they stay connected? What does support look like on both sides of that relationship? These are all things that most people who do have a spouse that comes home night after night and is in the same routine day after day take for granted. So this is a look at what other people go through. It gives a fresh perspective and so many awesome connecting points as well as a lot of tools and tricks that could help you if you are in that type of relationship where you're in the same routine day after day. Today, I'm kicking off this mini-series with a really special guest. A former naval fighter pilot turned Navy wife and mom to two beautiful girls while simultaneously being a top performer at her full-time job and doing it all while her husband is on an 18-month deployment halfway around the world. She is hilarious, down-to-earth, and so much fun. I thoroughly enjoyed this interview, and with that, I give you Christy Vest. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, you look all pretty and like put together. Thank you. So how are things going? They're good, they're really good. Um, he's been gone for a month, over yeah. a month. I know a month so, and six days. Yeah. I keep thinking if this were a normal deployment, cause there aren't really any of those, but if, if this was a normal deployment, we'd already be like, you know, a fifth, uh, you know, a sixth of the way done. So right now I'm just one 18th of the way done. <laughs> you are one 18th of the way done. I like the positive thoughts, but at the same time, this is your last one. Yeah. So you will n- never have to do this again. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. So are things like that's, let's just jump right into that then. So okay. like, how are you guys staying connected? How are, how is everything? Yeah. So this is a different one for us because the other four, he was on a ship. 
So with the ship, there's not the technology out there that there mm -hmm. is, you know, in the real world. So he's been in a hotel for a while. So he has access to everything internet. So we use WhatsApp to talk and he Facebook messenger, you know, with the kids and everything. So really it's a, it's a big difference because it's, whereas before it would have been a written thing or more package sending that he would get, you know, every, who knows, six weeks, if it made it to the ship or not. Right. Um, this time it's really focused around technology. So we're really staying connected with communications, which is, you know, gets tricky with time change. Um, mm -hmm. so it's just one of those things like where, when I wake up, I usually have an email from him asking me how's, how my day is. And then when I get off work, I try to call him right away to catch him right before he's going to bed. So, yeah. um, a lot of it is just, you know, the technology with communication has made it, has made it a lot easier. So we talk about things that normally we probably wouldn't talk about if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if he were here and I, I chuckled because I was trying to think this one for me has been a lot more positive so far. Um, Good. struggled with the last one a lot. And I think a lot of it was based on the circumstances in life. So the girls were young, you know, now they're easier. I can, they can go get their own snack out of the pantry or, you right. know, what, um, I don't have to buckle them up in car seats and take them everywhere I go. If I'm running the store or the post office, whatever. Um, so, so that is my mindset is a lot better. I'm in a job that I love, you know, the one I was in last time wasn't as supportive of my circumstances. Um, and so there was a lot of fear in myself with, you know, just holding down the fort and being the perfect mom and the perfect wife. And then also the perfect em employee as well. And I just had so much more stress, I think on myself. And we've also just been so blessed here with a really, really, really good support network. Um, mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm in a better place than I have been in the past. And, and I'm trying to look forward to more positives of this. Like you said, if this is the last one, you know, it's our chance to save, save money. This is the chance to lose the, that weight you want to lose. It's a chance to read the books I want to read and binge watch the shows that I wouldn't watch if you were here. And I was thinking, right. I was like, we actually talk so much about things to talk about. And therefore it's almost like, you know, there's, there's positives to that as well. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. You just have such a good mindset about this. It's so fantastic. And if you need connection questions, because, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Mohammed and I, so he got stuck in Egypt um, for the first year and a half of our relationship. And so completely understand that time change, completely understand how you communicate about things that you don't even like, you don't even think about when you're together, but then because you have to have things to communicate about and you have to keep that relationship going, you do, you do start to communicate about things that you wouldn't even normally even consider talking about when you're here. So completely understand. That's awesome. That's really great. Okay. So kind of take us back because, um, I know your story, but the listeners will not. So kind of give us the highlight reel of, I mean, you were a fighter pilot when you guys met. And so like, take us back to like how you guys met and kind of that whole thing up until, um, this point. So like he was on deployment when Addison was born, all of, take us through all of that. Yeah. So it's really been an interesting, um, you know, transition of, of relationships. So we met when we lived in Virginia you know, I was getting out of the Navy. Um, he was just kind of getting started in the Navy, believe it or not, because we've been together for most of his Navy career. Um, we've been married. 
So it was, it was very interesting going from, you know, the situation I was in where I was kind of young, single, free, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Like not necessarily adrenaline junkie, you know, but going from But you that, were a fighter pilot. So kind yeah. of. So going from that to then kind of finding my person and settling down and getting out of the Navy and, um, you know, starting up a job where I actually had a nine to five schedule, um, weekends off, that kind of thing. But then moving into it to where he was in the military. So now I was looking at it from a different angle that I had obviously never seen before. Um, Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we had a long engagement. Um, We got married and then, um, and then it, I took on the role as, you know, the, the, the dependent and the wife and the, um, you know, all of that when I definitely was not used to that. So we started off, we got, he did a deployment before we got married or maybe two, no, I think one. And then, um, you know, we got married. Then we had Addison while he was deployed. Um, she was about five months old when he came back and then he transitioned to shore duty where he was home for a while and surprised, got pregnant with Kendall. And so he was here for that. So that was kind of cool to, you know, to see that the, the how much he thought he missed with Addison and how he's always mm-hmm. spoiled her. Um, mm-hmm. there, even though she doesn't remember it, you know, never will. But um, so then, you know, we went through that and then more deployments and then um, a move, which was interesting, transitioning down here to, to Florida and kind of being worried about that. And all of a sudden, like, man, I'm not in control of my life. Like, I have to move. I have to change friends. I have to change jobs. I have to change doctors, dentists, veterinarians, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yep. All the things. It's yeah. All the things. So it's been really interesting for me in my life because I went from, um, you know, being so in control of everything to not being in control of it. And it's been a big learning curve for me, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> it is for a lot of moms or, you know, a lot of people that settle down. So, well, but that's kind of what this whole podcast series is about is the transitions of life and how we navigate through that. But our relationships don't look the same as what other people's do, you know, like m- the majority of couples you wake up in the morning together, you go to work, you know, at separate works, or if you're working from home or whatever, you come home at the same time at night, you're together at night. And then, you know, it's the rinse and repeat situation. Like this for a lot of us, it's like, um, you don't have that routine. So I was talking to some coworkers today and I said, you know, I really feel like a might, and it's cause it's not perfect. Right. And, right. and we're all putting it out. And I would find a sense of my tension was, I would be doing everything and then he would come home and he would try to help and it maybe wasn't doing it to the way I wanted it done. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, that would cause some tension. And then, or it would come to a point where I'd be like, well, I would expect him to do it because he's home, but he doesn't know what he wants from me, you know? So that's where the communication, like, you know, is so crucial because, you know, I could just be sitting there mad and then you're, and then you're carrying that grudge around with you. Right. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. and, <laughs> and so it's really, then you learn, okay. Why is that such a big deal? If I wanted him to do that, just ask him nicely to do that or do it myself and not be mad about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's that whole, like our, our spouses are not mind readers. And so you have to communicate what you want done and not like, Hey, can you help out? It's, Hey, there's towels on the back of the couch. Can you please go put those away? Or, Hey, the baby needs a bath. That's, that's the thing with us is that you know, and I'm sure that being on deployments and stuff, you guys experience the same thing as you do get into a routine for however yeah. long. And then they come in and it's like, 
okay, you live here, but you're jacking up the routine. Like that's, you know, and we, there is no routine with us. Like there are days, there are months where he's home eight days. There are months where he's home 15 and, you know, never, never usually more than 15, but it's that whole, like he comes and he goes and he comes and he goes, we call it blowing in, blowing up and blowing out because the house is clean on day four when he comes home and it is a complete shit show when he leaves and he looks around and he's like, I don't, I don't know how this happens. And I'm like, you, you are the reason this happens. Like, this is all your crap. And so like, I feel your sister. (laughs) So yeah. And then, and then, but he'll come home and he'll be like, oh, Zane is, you know, he's walking along furniture now. Like, and I'm like, yeah, he's been doing that for like three or four days. And so or hit, oh, he says all done now. Oh, yep. That's, that's kind of been a thing for a while, you know, like, and so he's missing all the things here and then he comes home and it's new for him, but we've already experienced it. So yeah, like it's all, it's yeah, it's just a very different vibe than what other people have. And so that's what this whole podcast series is about is like, how do we hold it down and, you know, make sure the wheels aren't falling off when our spouses are also, you know, still part of our marriage. How do we still make our marriage great? How do we still keep our family unit strong? But it just looks different. It, so. it really does. And it, I think so much of it too is we can still be satisfied. We can still be dedicated. Um, we just have to sometimes make, as being the people that are holding down the fort, and we're so busy and we, we are, have all these things in everyday life. We're running a soccer, running the gymnastics, we're walking the dogs, you know, all the things. And it's like, we have to make that conscious effort sometimes to stop and shoot a text like, Hey, I love you. I really miss you. And yes. that means so much to him because he's sitting there all alone. Like yeah. he wishes he has that chaos. Yeah. He wishes he did watch the girls at soccer practice. Like, yeah. and sometimes forget that because I'm just so busy running through all the motions, like being the perfect, everything that you go, man, he's sad because he's missing it. And I need to recognize that, you know, and really try to reach out to him and make him feel better too. Cause it's not just all about me being busy. Hey guys, real quick. If you are loving this podcast episode, give it a quick like and share it with your friends. You never know who might also benefit from the information that you're loving. Tag me in your post so that I can thank you and chat with you because I love getting to know and connect with my audience. And also leave a review. It helps the podcast grow and get in front of more people. And this helps the mission to divorce-proof marriages. And we all know somebody who could benefit from that. So thanks so much. And back to the episode. You know, like when they first get home, you feel like you have to do everything together yes. um, and things that are important to you go because you feel like maybe sitting next to them just to be there um, is more important, which it is. But the, the one thing that I'm slowly learning is I had lost so much of myself over the years um, because the short time that we were together, I wanted to be everything that he wanted that I thought he wanted me to be when in reality, he didn't even really care, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like so much of it is spending time and then that helps you bring more to the relationship when you're really in a better place yourself. Cause girl, I've been there. Like I have been there to where it was so hard and I didn't know, you know, how I was going to make it. I was going to pull my hair out. Um, you know, you get angry, you go through all these emotions and, um, but there's light on the other side of the tunnel. <laughs> 
so what, okay but i want you i want you to, to dive into that a little bit because what does support look like from him when you when you are like losing your mind and you are angry and you you know like are you good at expressing your emotions are do you have that um you know were you taught that growing up i am an open book he is not so much um and and you know i like to over communicate and he likes to under communicate whereas if there's um you know some sort of contention or anything like that he'd rather just kind of shut down and not he because he doesn't want to argue he doesn't want to fight so support from him really looks like um I'm sorry. I wish I could be there to help, you know, words of encouragement, support. Mm -hmm. Also what he'll do is take things that maybe he can do from afar and take that off my plate, whether that's maybe register the kids for something, or, um, there was uh, one this weekend of some stuff we needed to do for taxes and things like that, like that. I didn't really have time to sit down and research and, or whether it's uh, looking for investments or how we're going to budget and save more money for one of our goals, you know, why he's gone, like the time that I don't have to sit and spend to do that. He helps take that off my plate. And that means so much. Yes. That's awesome. Do you guys have a lot of goals? Like, do you, did you talk about that before he left or is it something that you guys regularly do together set a bunch of goals? Um, I would say that we're both constantly thinking ahead, um, thinking of the future. So we really do talk about goals a lot of, you know, kind of where we want to be when he retires, where we want to be in five years, where we want to be in 10 years. Um, so we both are pretty good about that. And I've been really fortunate. Our goals always almost line up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Even though, you know, we're not necessarily exactly like we don't communicate the same way and everything, but the end picture is the same, you know, we're on the same page. I love that though. I love that because a lot of, a lot of couples don't even think about that. Like they, I mean, they think about it separately, you know, here's where I want to be, but it's never actually come together and here's what we want to do. And here's where we want to be. And let's figure out a plan to make it happen kind of thing. So it sounds like you guys are a really strong team. I love that. That's awesome. That surprises me. Like I, I would think that would be easy for couples to do. I guess that's one thing that comes. You know, it comes down to intentional, just making that intentional time and, and actually sitting down and doing it. You know, there's so many things as couples, as adults, as parents that we think like, oh, I need to. I need to do this. I know I need to do this yeah. or I need to work on this. I know I need to work on this, but it's like actually making a plan, setting forth that plan and like actually making it happen that just doesn't just, that's the part that that's where we fall off is that just doesn't, doesn't get done. So, yeah. you know, it's I the same in marriage. Like that's the whole reason divorce happens too, is it's not like, this one big thing that happens on a random Tuesday and you're like, Oh, well, okay. Well, our, our marriage is over. It's like little things, you know, the, the daily habits over and over and over that you wake up 45 years later and you're like, mm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna go with, no, I'm done. You know? Yeah. And that's where you just, I'm gonna, you go file. So it's people come to me a lot and they don't say, Hey, I know exactly where we went wrong. They come yeah. to me and they say, I don't know what's happening. Like we were good and now we're not and help. So that's, I mean, that's why 
that's why I have a job because people don't, don't understand their own habits and their own, you know, mentalities. So that's why it is the way that it is. So kind of talk to me about your communication style. You said that, um, that he's an under communicator and you're an over communicator. So how have you guys worked through that? Um, I think patience and kind of knowing for me, like the nonverbal cues and same from him and kind of what each other needs, um, coming out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So I think the big one is just, it, that comes with time, you know, it does. Yeah. And effort. effort. That's a big one. How do you guys handle conflict? Like when you're apart? Um, I'm trying to handle it as taking a step back and not always reacting. Um, because it may be that something's put in an email or a text that you're taking completely out of context. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's not always just reacting to what you feel because maybe he's not there for me to look at him, see his body language, hear him talk. Um, and all those things that are, that we're used to when he's home and we're together, it, you have to really look through that and you have to trust Um, And you also have to communicate correctly, like without, you know, judgment without, because, because maybe you're wrong, you know, maybe you're, and, and then you've started something over nothing, you know? So I think it's just really important to sit on it, think about it and communicate correctly rather than just reacting to something. And just asking, I think too, is important. Like, Hey, how did you mean this? So his birthday is coming up. What are you, you know, are you able to send packages? Are you able to, you know, do anything special for him? Yeah. So like I said, this one's a little bit different because he's on land, you know? Um, and so normally the things that mean that I would send them in so much like pistachios or jerky, it's like, well, yeah, well, I mean, granted, he can't get all the things he likes over there, obviously, but, right. uh, you know, so so I did send a package and the girls drew pictures and wrote on cards and things like that, that, you know, mean the most. And then we put some of his favorites in there and, and tried to throw in, you know, some, some fun things for the holidays and, and other things that he might appreciate. Um, but you can also Amazon now. So I was able to Amazon something oh. the apartment he's moving into, um, okay. but I actually went out and bought um, a steak because I don't think I've had red meat since he left. Okay. <laughs> So my thought is that maybe we can do some sort of virtual date, even though one will be nice dinner or something. So yeah. I'm going to try, I, I bought the steak, so I've got that in it. Now I just got to plan it out. Okay. Okay. But it's that effort. You're, you're making the effort. That's so great. That's awesome. So do you guys have any rules like you don't go to bed without FaceTiming or um, you know, anything like that, like anything that you can think of? Um, no, like set in stone rules, um, that I can think of, but the norm is like, uh, he wakes up to a, to a WhatsApp chat. Um, I wake up to an email before bed. I get, you know, a good night, love you, even though we just maybe got off the phone. So those aren't necessarily rules, but they're common practices, I guess. Okay. Okay. So having those common practices, do you feel like that helps? Do you know what your love language is? So we were actually just talking about this at work the other day. So something along the lines of, um, effort. Okay. So there's acts of service. Okay. There's, which is like 
if he does the dishes or vacuums or whatever there's uh or redoes your like the the repo the the demo projects that you that you guys have been doing those are like acts of service okay so um there's words of affirmation so if he's telling you you are such a perfect wife you're doing such a great job you're you know i i love the way that you put so much enthusiasm into your job that kind of thing um physical touch which is you know obviously like hugs kisses that kind of thing there's quality time and that's like not just being together but being intentional about not being on your phone and really connecting that way and then gifts is the fifth one okay so if even and not even big things like if he comes home from the grocery store and he has like your favorite candy bar or a bag of chips or whatever and he's like hey i was thinking of you and like so which one do you think makes you feel most loved so i think um mine is acts of service for sure okay um but I feel like a lot early on, he, he thought it was gifts. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, um, but the, the, he definitely really always, almost always brings me something or when he's done something like gone somewhere or to the grocery store or whatever, there's always something in it for me. It seems like with him, mm-hmm. but my love language is really acts of service. So we often speak our love language. So it sounds like his might be gifts. Yeah, I think so. So how do you guys, I mean, it's easier to speak his love language because you can Amazon things, but mm-hmm. you can't get yours spoken as easily. I mean, I guess like the registering for the kids for things and stuff like that, but is it harder, do you think, for you to feel loved and get your cup filled when he's gone because of that? Yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. See, mine's physical touch. My, my primary is physical touch. Wow. And so it's re- like we deal with. So the thing about love languages that, that everyone feels loved to a certain degree through the other four that are not your primary. So okay. everybody has a primary and a secondary. So like if he were to send me something, that's great. Or if he were to do the dishes when he does come home, that's great, but it only fills my like love tank, I guess you could say like a quarter of the way full. Uh So, but the physical touch, like if he gives me a hug or kisses the back of my neck while I'm doing the dishes, that means more to me than if he were to do the dishes kind of situation. So, um, so yeah, like you're getting by him registering the kids you're getting your, your cup filled a little bit, but not as much as if he were here to redo your kitchen or, or whatever. <laughs> you guys have so many projects. I love them. I know. I live vicariously I, through you. I said, we're always thinking for the ahead, always thinking ahead. I love it because now when you sell your home, if you guys, you know, sell it in the next few years or whatever, like the value of it is so much greater than what it was when you bought it. So, and I just can enjoy it because I get yeah. to so here that, you know, that I always go through when he leaves, um, I always go through the um, nestings. And so I have a project every month that's a nesting project, right? So last weekend, okay. it was, weekends ago was my pantry, um, you know, and I do that. And then it, I feel very satisfied when I come okay. home and like I said, nothing's been disturbed, yes. you know? 
it, and it's just the way I left it pretty much the exception of the kids. So, so that's, I feel a lot of satisfaction from that. Let's go back to like your first few deployments. So when you, the first deployment after you guys got married and you had Addison, what was that like being pregnant? That was my biggest fear, by the way, when I was pregnant was with Zane was that Mo wouldn't be home to have. And actually I had him and four days later, he got called out on a trip. And so I had a four day old and a 12 and an 11 year old trying to do online school with him oh. here by myself Yeah, that's um, with no support system down here whatsoever. So, so tell me about your support system. Like, did your mom come down from Nebraska or who, who was with yeah. you? So it was weird because, um, I ended up getting preeclampsia with Addison. And so mm. he was gone, of course. So the, I, I just had this weird feeling one day I was at work and I had the worst headache. I just had a killer headache. And for some reason I told myself, go check your blood pressure. I have no idea why. I don't think I'd ever checked my blood pressure before in my life. And I went and it was through the roof. So I didn't even know what to do. And so, um, I called the doctor and they said, go, go to the hospital right now. So I went to the hospital and I, I did this several times over the next, I think I was about 36 weeks then. Um, so I was close. And so, um, they put me on bed rest. Well, what does bed rest look like when you have no family near you? Um, and let's, let's face it. It's like, it's different to ask a friend to do something than it is yeah. to ask for blood. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's much easier to ask your mom to go walk the dog than to ask a friend to inconvenience them from their life and kids and marriage and work and whatever to come help you. So, um, so that was very hard because all of a sudden I got scared. I'm like, I have to walk the dogs. I have to, you know, do this. I have to do that. What if I have her in the middle of the night and I can't drive myself to the hospital? Like, what do I do? Um, so actually after going in and out of the hospital several times, they just said, okay, we're going to induce you. Well, my mom had a plane ticket to come, um, at a, at a certain date. And now that was all bumped up. Right. So she moved, we weren't really sure when I was going to have the baby. Um, and so she ended up, I ended up having a friend and the old neighbor dropped me off at the hospital the night they were going to induce me. I went in the hospital, neighbor dropped me off. I, it was a Thursday night. I'll never forget. I sat and watched Grey's Anatomy and, you know, all my favorite shows were on Thursday night widely. Yep. And then I went to sleep. Well, then I woke up in the morning to sign kind of some panic from the doctors because her heart rate was dropping mm. and my friends were there yet. And so they, they're running around the room, they're scurrying. And I just remember calling one of my girlfriends going, get here right now. Um, and so she got there and quickly two other friends. And then we sat for like 12 hours before anything happened. And then our heart rate dropped again. And then, um, and then they, they said, okay, time for emergency C-section. Well, about this time, Dustin was off in the middle East and his ship was chasing some pirates that had hijacked, um, an American vessel. So they had no communication on the ship. So I had already being the organizer I am, I had everything typed out for a girlfriend to be able to um, call down the list and who to, who to talk to from the spouses club and who to contact the chain of command to tell them when I had the baby. And now there was no communication. So I, I have remember so, I have goosebumps so bad. Just you telling the story. I was sitting there with my phone and I remember having my IV in my right hand because that was the only place they could get at the time. And I'm trying to email him on my phone. And I'm like, I'm having the baby. And so by the time he actually got a Red Cross message 
before and they they had a chaplain they gave the red cross message to a chaplain the chaplain called him down the office and he told him you know addison was born so she had been born for a day and we finally got that first phone call so wow. so it was just an kind of an amazing you know rush of you really had to depend on people that were your like family that were your friends um to help take care of you and then and then i'll never forget i came home from the hospital my neighbors brought me home i'm sitting there and i'm all alone with this baby and i'm like now what like they're almost yeah and the pediatrician goes you can go home now i'm like i don't want to go home now yeah i'm gonna how do i how do i take care of another human being all by myself well and Um, you had a c-section so it wasn't like you could like do things for yourself. Yeah. So my neighbors brought me home and I never forget. They brought me this, um, spinach and feta stuffed chicken breast and mashed potatoes for dinner that night after I'd been home all day. And it tasted, I've never had a meal taste so good in my entire life. Yes. Um, and then, uh, that first night I couldn't get Addison to latch on and mm-hmm. I of my child. I can't even take care of my child. I thought this was easy. Nobody ever told me this wasn't going to be easy. You know, what, what is happening? And so that next morning, my girlfriend came over to take me to the pediatrician because I couldn't drive and Addison was less than five pounds when we left the hospital. So, um, so I told her, I just, in tears in my eyes, I said, I don't know how to use this breast pump. And she said, let me show you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You learn your strength and how strong you are because you have to be not because you want to be right you don't wake up one day and go oh I think I'm gonna be really strong by this yeah <laughs> I think I'm gonna have a c-section and then go home and do all the things myself like yeah people would call you crazy right and yeah it's it was, not because you want to yeah it was it was very refreshing to have my mom roll in um I think it was a couple days again I couldn't drive after yes. having this so my, another neighbor had to take me to pick up my mom from the airport. Um, and so, so that was really cool to finally get that help. And then I, um, my mother-in-law used to be in La Leche. And so I did she, not know that about her. Did you know that? No. Oh my goodness. So that was like a breath of fresh air too. talking to someone. Cause her and I are, we can talk about absolutely anything. And I mean, anything. And, um, to have that person in my life, of uh, to be able to be like, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do this. So what's wrong with me? And she's like, no, there's nothing wrong with you. And there's people that can help you, you know? Yes. So that's did. We went and saw, um, I called her my angel, but a consultant that helped me, you know, figure out how to, how to breastfeed. And then of course, by the time I mastered that, I went back to work and had the pump anyway. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I know, don't, that's... you don't need to be a perfectionist all the time. Cause you never know, like what's, it doesn't matter, you know, sometimes. You know, I'm glad you said that because in the beginning of the, the podcast, you know, you and I started talking and you were like, I'm trying to be the perfect wife and the perfect mom and the perfect everything girl. You're not, you're not going to be like, that does not exist. The perfect, the perfect, you're going to burn yourself out before you ever reach that status because it's, it's not there. So what did support look like from him? on all of the other deployments where he was on a ship and you guys didn't have the communication that you have now? I don't know. Um, You know, like the, 
the letters, the emails, the gifts would arrive, um, that pair of shoes that I didn't want to buy because I didn't think I should spend the money on them that arrived without me asking, you know, um, so in those moments, you have to rely on the gifts. You have to rely on the words because there is nothing else, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, it's important that you like, you're intentional about that and you actually have to amp that up and use more words of affirmation than what you would use if you're home. And, you know, all of those things, because it does make a big difference. It really does. And you, you do hold on to that a little bit more dearly than what, so what was it like having Kendall then when you had (laughs) Dusty here and it was a completely different experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was special. It was really neat to be there and to see him. He's so hands-on anyways. I'm so blessed in that aspect. Like, um, you know, he goes above and beyond. It's, it's just amazing. But to he's always been that way. Yeah. The, the, when the day he met Addison and we, we picked him up at the airport and our cute matching little pink dresses, you know, and everything and brought him home. The first thing he did was change her diaper and without me asking, you know, I think that was cool. So with Kendall, it was fun to watch him go through the whole experience of sleeping in the hospital. Um, and, you know, and, and taking care of her as well and bathing her and, and, and then all the things running home to check on Addison. Cause, um, my mother-in-law and, and father-in-law were here. So it was, it was really cool to see all that. That is awesome. That's really awesome. Uh, Kendall I'm... came quickly too. So um, Kathy and Bob were actually on their way from Asheville. They lived in Asheville at the time. They were headed over to um, to see us and to stay with us in preparation. So we were going to go out to a big dinner that night. I was going to go get a pedicure um, and we were going to be induced the next day. And then they were going to be there to take care of Addison. And um, of course, my water broke a day early and they wouldn't let me go home. <laughs> Yeah. I had Kendall early. So that was, that was, that was really cool. That is cool. That's really cool. So how do you guys, cause I know the girls wanted to talk about them. Um, (laughs) they're so funny. So how do you run like a team atmosphere now that since he's gone, how do you, you know, do all those things? He, he, um, so this is, is this is kind of cool. So the girls have a babysitter that come home that meets them when they walk home from school. And then I come home a few hours later. And since at his time, it's like, you know, TV time watching for him, he Mm -hmm. will add Facebook messenger, the girls, and then help them with homework. Nice. Um, So he does that. And then he'll, he'll like, if I'm having a hard day, I'll be like, she did this. And he'll be like, put her on the phone you know, and then he'll talk to her. And, and because it's on video, a lot of the times they still get a chance to see him and see his facial expressions. And he'll be like, you need to help your mom out. I need you to do this. I need to do this. So mm-hmm. really there's backs, um, you know, especially him having mine, uh, because I'm here with them. Yes. So that's a big one is he's, there are things that he's able to do via technology. That's huge. Yeah. That's really, really huge. I love that. I love, yeah. I don't know what we would do without FaceTime. Um, we have nanny cams that we got because we had a nanny and we've just kept them on because if Mo is in the middle of a flight, he still has access to Wi-Fi, so he can actually check the camera, but can't FaceTime us. And so like, it kind of still gives him a sense of what we're doing and being involved like yeah everyday life that they are they're missing yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where I'll get a random text at like midnight after he's gotten off of a flight and he's like, stop working. You need sleep, go to bed. And so I'm like, oh, oh, I forget you can see me. Like <laughs> it's yeah, but I have to, I have to work when Zane sleeps because he's a hurricane and I don't get any work done right. when he's awake. So yeah, that's awesome. It, I love, I love the connection you guys have. I love the relationship that you guys have. It's you, you guys are just such a good team and you guys are so intentional about everything. And what would you say has made the difference? Like from the beginning of your relationship to now, like if you could say, this is the one thing that we have done to make it as good as it is, what would that be? 100% is the dedication and effort. It is, it's so easy to get caught up in and to get in your own head about something and then to take the easy way out and not fix it or work on it. Yeah. So, you know, year seven was rough, was pretty rough for us. Um, and, and it was like, we, I made an effort at that time to say, okay, either, you know, I can go all in and I can look at myself and how I can be a better wife and a better partner, or I can give up and, and then call it quits. And so we made a conscious effort to go, no, we're worth, we're worth this. Like we're worth working on. And so it's not always perfect. And it's not always easy, but once you make that decision, you know, like, what does life look like without them? Um, yeah. and I don't want that. So let's, let's maybe change those annoying little habits or, you know, work on this to make it work, but it's without a doubt, it's just, um, sticking with it and putting that effort into making things better all the time. Sure. So year seven, was there a deployment or was it just that seven year, like they call it the seven um, year itch or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, he, There was deployments. There was workups back again after the deployments. Um, so there What's was a workup. Uh, a workup is when they um, go out for a little bit, come back, go out for a little bit, come uh, back. Okay. They're getting prepared. And those usually start a year prior to a deployment. So on top of the long deployment where they're gone for the long one, there's the short ones that you get to deal with all the time that are the constant kind of routine disruption, routine disruption. Um, and I was, like I said, in a kind of a stressful job with a stressful situation. And I was immersed with a, um, you know, a six-year-old and a five-year-old at the time and dealing with him being gone a lot of the times. And then just me not being happy with myself and, um, yeah you know, fighting anxiety and on, and, you know, worrying all the time and about what everyone was thinking of me. And so I think a lot of that led to him feeling like I wasn't all in, in our marriage, probably, you know, because I wasn't, that was the one thing that was dropping off for us was the okay, marriage. So let's, let's dive into that because I feel like this is a topic that isn't talked about enough, especially okay. with wives that, you, you just said you, you were worried and anxiety and didn't, you weren't happy with yourself. So how did you change you? Um, so a big one was that realization of the one person, you know, that that's your best friend, that's your partner in life is the one person that you're kind of putting on the back burner. Yeah. And so I think it was, it was that, that was, it caused me to take a hard look at like, oh my gosh. And then I thought I have to get this under control. Like I have to, 
um, work on this and not continue to be stressed out and unhappy and, and probably bringing that home all the time. I have to work on it. So honestly, I, my biggest thing is don't be afraid to reach out to, for help. Don't be afraid to work on yourself by seeing a counselor, seeing a psychologist, a friend, you know, something that you can just run through that they can help offer you solutions that can help, you know, help with mm -hmm. the, the problems that, you know, 99% of us have. So that's what it took for me was just a look of why am, is the person that's, you know, my number one in this world kind of on the back burner. And then I go, okay, I need to figure out how to get this worry under control. I need to figure out how to you know, get my emotions under control so that I can get back to being happy and being, feeling like, you know, that like I'm, like I'm doing good, you know. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you've done such a great job. That's so, that, that's, that is, that is it. A happy marriage starts with a happy you and a better marriage starts with a better you. And like to, you know, you have to be whole individuals in order to have a whole marriage. And so yeah. that's huge that you have done that and just put in the effort and the work. That's huge. I'm really excited for you guys. I'm excited for what's to come. Yeah. You're one eighteenth. You're one eighteenth. <laughs> and, and it's, I mean, has it gone fast? Has it gone slow? It's like so fast. It's gone good. so fast. I, I wouldn't say for him that it's necessarily gone that fast, but him starting really to get in his new job and to be busy, um, he's going to be doing a lot of traveling and stuff. So for, I think it will get better for him once he gets into that apartment, gets into his routine, um, has more responsibilities than things that take up his time. I think it will go by a little bit faster, but you know, I don't try, I, I tell the girls, they asked me, they said, um, you know, mommy, are you sad? Or, you know, he's gone for, and I have friends all the time that, oh, 18 months, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. And I guess the question is, what's the alternative? You know, like, well, and I, you're also going to do it by people not focusing on the fact that it's 18 freaking months. Like, it's not like you don't already think about that all, you know, all day, every day anyways. Right. Thank you, friends. Right. I, I tell them, I go, well, girls, I said, I don't want to be sad. I said, I don't. And if I think about how long it is and about how much I miss him, that will make me sad. And I feel like I have so far, we have so far to go that it will do me absolutely no good to be sad right now. So yeah, positive things. And one rule that it's not a rule, but one thing that Dustin and I always have is always have the next thing to look forward to. And that's individually mm -hmm. myself. And then as a couple. Yeah. Do you miss being a fighter pilot? No, no. Really? No, I, I maybe daytime flying on land, okay. but nighttime in the weather behind a boat. No, <laughs> it was a fun chapter in my life, you know, yeah. but this, this is a fun chapter in my life too. So it, it was fun. It was a great, I don't think it would have been fun for me, um, in the, in the situation I'm in now to, to be, to be gone all the time. You know, I think the overarching theme here, just, just in listening to you for the last hour is mindset. Like your mindset is everything in getting you through, you know, the having to be alone and do all the things and be the mom, be all the roles. Yeah. So like your mindset is so strong, so strong. Like the fact that you don't miss that chapter, like that you're just positive all the time. 
this pot, you know, this chapter is so great and that chapter was good, but this chapter is great too. That's yeah. so fantastic. Well, um, do you have anything else like that um, you think would be helpful for wives to know or? I don't think so. I think, you know, my last thing would be schedule stuff. Don't be afraid to schedule stuff, even when they're home, you know, but it, it's, if you schedule it, you, there's not that there's, you know, it's coming. There's, yep. you know, you don't have to worry about anticipating anything. And I, I just think it's so important to, to not be afraid to do that. I agree hundred percent. Well, I, uh, I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will talk to you soon. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much, and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week.